Welcome back to the Summer Podcast. Hope you're having a great day. My name is Richard, and today we're going to talk about more of the research from Ian McGilchrist, and we're going to talk about the left hemisphere, the right hemisphere, and also how morality is different in the two hemispheres. So first of all, uh, we just have to say a huge thank you to one of our listeners, Aiden, who have sponsored us with membership on Ian McGilchrist's website. So this is a... it's a kind of a, it's a collection of, there's a forum, there's lots of videos, and you can also ask Ian McGilchrist questions for Q&As. So this is a membership platform, and then uh, this week we got a, a sponsorship then from Aiden, so we're very grateful for that. And we've been spending lots of time in this forum already, and the, and the website. So we're going to comment on two of the first videos from the Q&A sessions, that are kind of the, the member sessions that, that uh, are there. And this is from about a year ago, August and September. So we have three things we want to say from these two videos. Uh, The first one is, from the first video, they talk about um, how, like, (laughs) what the left hemisphere is able to see and that the left hemisphere, so this is, again, familiar for people who have read, so, like, hugely recommended to read the book the master and his emissary to 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 know this whole the overall framework of the two hemispheres or the two brains because they're going to two independent brains. So when it comes to that, the left hemisphere is building a model of the world and it just sees the model. And then towards the end of this, that uh, one of the questions, McGilchrist is saying that he's mentioning the phrase like the siren song of the left hemisphere. And then to get out of this, you have to move our our focus and our kind of consciousness, in a sense, over to the right hemisphere to observe reality directly, more clearly, kind of unfiltered, not imposing a model of the world onto reality. And this reminded us of of a passage from the Divine Comedy from Purgatory, because this is this this is wonderful description, and this is seven hundred years ago. So, <laughs> but uh, the pilgrim has a dream about. Uh, a siren, which is a monster that transforms into a siren when he puts the gaze on it. So it's explicit that it's kind of the, the this pilgrim, the, the person, is imposing something on the monster that makes it appear like a, a siren or like uh, something like a temptress. And he can't get out of this. And he he needs the help from from Virgil, but there's a, there's a, another point to this. So first is the monster who looks now like a siren says, uh, "I am the sweet siren. I am whose song beguiles the sailors in mid sea, enticing them, inviting them to joy. My singing made Ulysses turn away from his desired course. Who dwells with me seldom departs. I satisfy so well." And then. Rationality here, like Virgil, is the one who should help him, but Virgil can't do it alone because rationality can't see through the model of the left hemisphere because it's kind of locked inside of it. So what is happening is that it says here uh, that the lips of the siren had not yet closed when there appeared a saintly lady standing at my side, ready to foil the siren's stratagem. This is in some sense kind of the more inherent, um, not not morality, but the way of apprehending the world more directly that is now symbolized with a saintly lady standing next to him. 
And then this lady says, Virgil or oh Virgil, who is this? She cried. Virgil moved toward her, keeping his gaze fixed on that noble one. So now Virgil is moving towards a monster, which is a, an imposed, like the siren imposed, uh, sparkling thing on something that's not true. So rationality is not trying to look at this model. But he has to keep his gaze fixed on the saintly lady. And then he sees the other, like the siren, ripped her garment off, exposing her as far down as the paunch. So this little scene is just describing the psychological dynamics of how the siren song of the left hemisphere, how the left hemisphere can build a model of something, the world, a situation, like a value even, and it can look so sparkling and attractive that it becomes like a siren, like a, something that's very tempting. And then your rationality in itself actually needs, or there needs to be something in combination with your rationality, something beyond which is a, an intuitive knowing of something good, this saintly lady in this case. Then the 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 illusion of the left hemisphere can be exposed for what it is. So we just thought that was interesting because McGilchrist used the word <laughs> siren song. Um, okay, he also then that episode he he talks starts talking about Henry Bergson. So he's that is a very important philosopher, interesting philosopher. We're going to go more into this later when when it is relevant to something contemporary. But we just wanted to mention it because Bergson is one of the more right hemisphere philosophers who was, uh, like about 100 years ago, he was really pushing back on this analytical philosophy and saying that there is other ways of thinking, more holistic and especially kind of more organic with this way of looking at time as like this durée, which is more like, uh, you might think this connected to duration, but that instead of seeing time as a clockwork or seeing time as a as a scale that you kind of with, with discrete units, he was just also thinking about time as this, uh, this change in itself, this kind of, uh, this churning everlasting moment of, of something that is changing and growing. And that's a way of him just focusing on this is time. It's, it's, it's this, this living kind of moment that is growing and changing. Uh, more than the mechanical view on time, which in some ways maps onto how the two different brain parts tend to look or apprehend the world. So that was great to hear him talk about that. And then third point for today is from the second Q&A session, because there's a question there about if the right hemisphere is morally superior to the left hemisphere. And the question is really, uh, the, the answer is really great. And it's a complicated question. Uh, but overall, the answer is yes. But not always, but but overall. And there's also, he goes into, now Mikilkris goes into how, like the differences between the, the idea of morality in the left and the right hemisphere. So, he has a story that illustrates this of, of, and how the two, two different brain parts will, what, what they will conclude. So in the first situation, there is a person 
who is then sitting with a friend and then uh, because the story goes, because of envy, this person is then trying to poison the other one. So it, the, it, uh, so the person puts something in, in the tea of the other one and thinks it's poison, but it's sugar. So then the other person lives, nothing happens. So that's the first situation. The second situation is a person who just wants to help a friend, who is a friend, <laughs> and wants to put sugar in the tea. But then it's actually poison. So the other person dies. So, <laughs> and it's interesting this part. The, the two brain hemispheres, like which of those two stories are like the, the person who is pouring the thing? Like <laughs> which one is the good person or in which, which situation is this a, a morally bad thing? And then the right hemisphere will say the one who tries to poison the other is morally bad, very obviously. <laughs> the right hemisphere, sorry, the left hemisphere, the calculating, model-building hemisphere, by itself would actually conclude, and this is like research for people who have strokes or they have brain damage in the right hemisphere, the left hemisphere will conclude that, well, in one case, the person dies, and the other one, the person lives. So the case where the person dies, that is the bad moral. And the intention doesn't exist in that sense for the left hemisphere, which is a little bit disconcerting <laughs> that that's kind of how a part of our brains can, can, can view and think about, about the world. So it just po points to this idea that the left builds models, but these, and these models can be right, but they can also be terribly wrong. And the left hemisphere will not be able to decipher this or to, to, to judge it. As long as it's kind of internally coherent, it will think it's it's uh, kind of proven right uh, or correct. <laughs> Just to split the words here, the right hemisphere has almost like a more intuitive or maybe like more wired sense of right and wrong that overall will be the 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 right one. So not only kind of we feel it's right, but it would also be practically kind of in a sense, objectively uh, correct the, the judgment, like in this this story with the two different situations. Okay, so that's all we wanted to say. That was about 10 minutes. Um, but we, we are hugely enjoying going now into this the, the website, channelmcgilchrist.com, like channelmcgilchrist.com. And um, it's usually recommended to, to join in there as well. And uh, so far, lots of great videos and also the discussion forums are kind of good quality um, kind of discourse in there. So with that, hope you're still having a great day and that some of this was interesting input and something to think about. And as always, thank you so much for listening and see you again in the next episode.